0: On a mission to change the way consumers purchase glasses, GlassesUSA.com was created on one simple belief. Eyewear shouldn't break the bank. It's the smart way to buy glasses. GlassesUSA.com allows consumers to purchase eyewear from the convenience of their own home and offers a wide variety of high-quality frames and lenses at affordable prices and with no risk. And these aren't generic frames. These are brands like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Tom Ford, and Calvin Klein. So head on over to GlassesUSA.com, use promo code ALMIGHTY, that's promo code A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y, and get 55% off any pair of glasses at checkout. Again, GlassesUSA.com, promo code ALMIGHTY. Want to do bad things? That's real, yo. No exaggerating at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is, is something that with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Paul, What country are you from? What? What, what? ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in what? What? English, mother... Do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing, you ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 440 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I am your host, Ryan McCallum reporting to you live from my humble shack/podcast studio. Jose's off training for next season of Lucha Underground, so we're going to do a little something a little bit different. You all get the pleasure of going solo with Ryan, going one-on-one with the great one tonight. Um, you know, I'm going to try to do this uh, by myself and it's kind of a a sad day for me because uh today uh, it being Tuesday, Tony Romo announces his retirement from the NFL. And I know this is an NBA podcast, but uh, no Tony Romo. And he he joins the booth uh, with CBS. He's going to be along Jim Nance uh, as CBS's number one commentator, which um, which I think is just going to be fantastic. He's going to do a wonderful job. Uh, and it got me thinking about in the NBA, what other top players have ever gone into Commentary, color commentary, and, and been good, been decent at it. There's been some coaches, like I think Jeff Van Gundy is is absolutely fantastic in his job. Doug Collins is probably the best in in the business at what he does. Um, but then if you look at at players, like Chris Weber is almost as brutal to listen to as as me, uh, and then Mark Jackson is is absolutely horrible. I wonder what it is about the NFL where former players, specifically quarterbacks can go into the booth uh, and do a very, uh, you know, above average, more than decent job. But in the NBA, it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem to pan out that way. You know, maybe there's somebody that I'm not thinking of. Um, You know, Charles Barkley in the studio show does a wonderful job, Uh, you know, a couple of times when he's been on the sideline to do color. It's, it's pretty brutal. Uh, It's tough to listen to. So, you know good luck to to tony in, in his next uh in his next endeavor he says that he you know he's done with football but you know surely he's going to get some calls uh from different teams looking for a qb uh but uh you know it's over for him so good luck to him uh, i know that there's a lot of uh listeners to this podcast and san antonio spurs fans and just residents of the state of texas that uh you know is majority a cowboys state um and uh, and people are looking out for for Tony Romo and so uh, today since we're going solo we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be filling some time as as you can tell uh, from that opening segment uh, but w- we we're gonna hit sort of uh, you know Ryan's roulette wheel of uh, of topics uh, to get into simply because well one uh you know I'm not very good at this I need somebody to to bounce things back off uh, back and forth with. Jose being gone doing deadlifts doesn't help at all. But the first thing I wanted to hit on was the power rankings because there's been a little bit of movement, uh, you know, at the top. Not much from the number one position. That's been the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they're 63 and 14. They've been the number one uh, ranked team on ESPN's power rankings for some time. You know, they're they have an 11 game win streak going. Their all stars, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green have been playing fantastic. Now you hear that they're going to get Kevin Durant back uh, as early as Saturday. Give him a couple games in the regular season to get ramped up for the playoffs. You know the Warriors are, are looking pretty deadly. Uh, it's looking like uh, you know the road to the NBA Finals in the West at least is going to run through Golden State. Um, which is is not something that the San Antonio Spurs should be intimidated by and of course they're not and a guy like Gert Popovich certainly is not uh, that being said you know they lost that last game to Golden State but they still have the advantage in the season series 2 games to 1 um, Steph Curry's having another fantastic year now he's not going to eclipse 400 three-pointers like he did last year you know but he's got 302 threes uh, over the you know over the course of the of the season, which is ridiculous. And one thing that I I do want people to to focus on that Draymond Green, uh, as maligned of a player as he is, uh, and as mixed feelings that San Antonio Spurs fans will have about Draymond Green, he's doing a wonderful job this year. And, and over the course of his career, as Draymond Green goes, the Golden State Warriors go. So. You know he has a career record, or the the Golden State Warriors have a career record of nineteen to zero when Draymond Green gets a triple double. So it, you know it's not very often you know that that he gets a triple double because you see only nineteen of those. Of course, all resulting in Golden State Warriors wins. And then you look at um, Russell Westbrook, who tonight Tuesday evening could go uh, and tie uh, an NBA all time record uh, for triple doubles in a season with forty one. Nineteen is is pales in, in comparison to forty one, but they're a perfect Golden State is a perfect 19-0 over over Draymond Green's career when he when he scores a, a triple double. So at any rate, Golden State's number one seed. Uh they're just killing it out there. Um hats off to them. And the Warriors Huddle, actually a podcast uh that's in our same network. Uh, you know, those guys, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to do a, a crossover show again with those guys um uh, you know, just to uh to catch up because it looks like You know, those two teams, Golden State and San Antonio, uh, presumably will be meeting there in the Western Conference Finals. Let's cross our fingers. That gives us the number two team in ESPN's power rankings, and that's the San Antonio Spurs at 59 and 17. You know, they were ranked second. They've been almost second the entire year um, to Golden State. Uh, They're, again, having one of those years where they're going to eclipse 60 wins, and who would have thought that San Antonio would get to 60 wins? After you lose a Hall of Famer, all-time you know player, maybe the the best power forward of all time, uh, in in Tim Duncan, you lose him last year, where you record a sixty-seven win season, uh, and then you come right back the next year and you hit another sixty-win season, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. One stat that. Um, you know, and the Spurs are playing tonight, but so so we want to hurry up with this podcast and get to that game. but you know one stat that I thought was really interesting uh that I saw if you look at the number of players that are selected in the top twenty picks in the NBA draft, right uh the Spurs have the least on any roster this season other than Brooklyn and New Orleans. So let me repeat that because it's a bit confusing. The Spurs have a roster full of players that were not drafted in the top 20 in the NBA draft in their respective years. So let me tell you this, uh, who they are. LaMarcus Aldridge was the number two overall pick. Pau Gasol was the number three overall pick. And Kawhi Leonard was the number 15 overall pick. So the Spurs are doing it with uh, a cast of characters that were not highly drafted. And that's kind of familiar territory for uh, for San Antonio, obviously. You know Tim Duncan being that number one overall pick sort of set the course and changed, you know, the future for San Antonio, uh, and they they haven't really repeated that as you can see from their you know the number of years that they've been in the playoffs uh, consecutively every year since uh, you know Tim Duncan has arrived, and then obviously this year without Tim Duncan still in the playoffs, um, they're just doing a phenomenal job. That means they don't get lottery picks. That means that they don't get into the Uh, into the you know uh, drafting into the top 20 they have to acquire from free agency which is how they got LaMarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol as you know Uh, number three is the Boston Celtics uh, with 50 and 27 so Boston has eclipsed the 50 win mark it's their first one since 2010 2011 Uh, you know they're going to be very highly seated number one team Uh, in the east they've eclipsed Cleveland so we'll see we'll see how that shakes up in the east Boston has a a great record they're up from the fourth seed uh, that you know I still think that the road runs through Cleveland though in the east and number four is the Houston Rockets with 52 wins on the season they've dropped a spot um, lost a couple of games as of late Uh, but you know they're let me let me Give you a perspective on Houston and how they've compiled their team, especially with the the addition of Lou Williams. They're just a three point threat, uh, which is something that you know should worry a team like San Antonio, but uh, it should also worry a team like Golden State. Daryl Morey has come out, the GM of Houston has come out and said, "We're going to acquire a players and we're going to build a team that excels." Behind the three-point arc, because we think that a barrage of threes is the best way to beat Golden State in the playoffs. Uh, here's a statistic: Houston is 34 and four this year when it hits 15 or more threes. Uh, if it if they do not hit 15 threes, they're 18 and 21, which is very average. So you know, like you saw in those two games as of late, when Houston played Golden State and lost both of those games. It was really more of a function of Houston shooting being incredibly off. Uh, you know, things like James Harden going—I'm I, I, making this up—but it was like five uh, for twelve <laughs> from three-point land. Uh, they're just not going to get it done with doing that. Number five is the Toronto Raptors with forty-seven and thirty. Kyle Lowry's leading the NBA in minutes played. Um, or, uh, yeah, minutes, not minutes, not overall minutes played. Uh, minutes per game. Number six, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They still have not eclipsed fifty wins. They're forty-nine and twenty-seven. Uh, they used to be the seventh seed. They're up a little bit. They, you know, you just saw LeBron uh, chew Tristan Thompson's ass. And, and actually, on the replay, I saw it more as, as Tristan Thompson pushing back against LeBron James, which is an interesting storyline in and of itself because you just don't ever see that uh, on the Cavaliers. I, I don't know if it's a sign that you know Tristan Thompson, who's been playing every game. You know, since he got in the league, I mean, he had the record for a very long time, uh, active streak of of games played. Uh, you know, he's getting frustrated with the losing that's happened as of late, and LeBron James' attitude. I don't know; it's something to dig into. It's it's interesting to um, it's interesting to see. But you know, most of the pundits still believe that the Cavaliers will be the number one seed in the East. You know, uh, they've done a poll, and eighty nine percent of the respondents to that poll do believe that. Um, uh, you know that they're going to be the the representative out of the east. Number seven, and this isn't much of a surprise, it's, but it's the Utah Jazz. They're forty-seven and thirty. Um, I think that they've done a fantastic job from a coaching perspective. Quinn Snyder has been rumored uh, as a, a coach of the year candidate. Uh, should definitely fall short of that, I think, to Mike D'Antoni. Uh, but that being said, they've got a lot of solid players. They don't have very many. Really good to great players. I mean, they've got Gordon Hayward, uh, who's probably their their best player. Um, Derek Favors is right there. Rudy Gobert is right there. But then they fill in with guys like Rodney Hood, who's having a decent season. Of course, former San Antonio spur Boris Diaw, uh, former spur George Hill. Uh, those guys are having good good years, uh, and so I, I would expect you know make you know very possibly. A um, uh, you know win in the first round for Utah, who's already clinched a playoff uh, position for this year, and then you have the Washington Wizards at number eight, 46 and thirty-one. We don't spend a lot of time on them uh, because uh, you know uh, if you're like me, you expect them to implode in that first round. Then you've got the number nine, the Portland Trailblazers, and this was surprising because this is a five hundred team. They're thirty-eight and thirty-eight on the year. Uh, you know, of course, those two guards will will run at you. Uh, you know, Damian Lillard is, you know, has the highest scoring average all through the month of March at 29.1 points per game, but you just f- see, you know, Portland coming on hot late in the year. And I think that's the reason for ESPN having them rank so high and number 10, this is one. Um, I'm not necessarily, I agree with, but OKC 43 and 33 on the year. Uh, they're not going to win 50 games, uh, on the year. But they're ranked number ten. They used to be ranked number nine. This is a team that I think is going to have some trouble when it gets into that first round of the playoffs, uh, just because it's a one-man show. And and that's gotten them, you know, to forty-three wins this season. But uh, you know, as things get serious in the playoffs, uh, you know, you know, look for benches to get short. Uh, you know, look for I I dare say Russell Westbrook to start wearing down. Uh, it, I think it's going to be. A tough road to hoe for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But that's your top 10 from ESPN's power rankings. Um, you know, certainly Golden State and San Antonio being at the, at the top is no surprise. I think there are a couple surprises there uh, with Portland being at number nine. And for me, OKC um, being at number 10. Uh, next, I want to get to the story that broke a little earlier in the day. And Project Spurs own Paul Garcia reported on this, tweeted about it. There was a tweet uh, in the Orlando Magic organization. And it was a tweet that showed a whiteboard that had Orlando's, at least what we believe is a preview of Orlando's off-season plans captured on that whiteboard. And on that list, it had you know players that, they, you know, what type of player that they want. Do they want some wings? Do they want, you know, uh, center, you know, that type of thing and it listed all their, all their names. And what's interesting for Spurs fans is there's a couple of names on there that we should recognize, or at least we can infer. And what I love about Paul Garcia's reporting is because he won't commit uh, <laughs> to, to, this, uh, to this player, but he, he wrote this in his article that's out there on ProjectSpurs.com right now. He, he says that um, there, there was the name Bertans uh, written on the Orlando Magic's board, and that could mean Davis Bertans. And, and, as opposed to all the other Bertans that are running around there that play, you know, a stretch four position. But you know, Davis Bertans, uh, you know, has been a solid player, uh, a serious three point threat. I think he's developed uh, his game into that over the past couple of years. That the Spurs have had rights to him, uh, and uh, certainly coming over this year, he's just been phenomenal. He's, he's split time uh, mostly with the NBA squad, but he's played a little bit down there in the D League. Uh, just a killer from three point land. It's no surprise that the Orlando Magic are interested in him. Uh, Another player that uh, was in uh, Paul's article and was also on that board was a K. Anderson. Uh, And if you're a Spurs fan, you're going to infer that that's Kyle Anderson. Uh, For me, you guys know that I'm not too hot on Kyle Anderson. Uh, If another team wanted him and he can improve his career and maybe make a little bit more money, that's great. Uh, I'm not sure that the Spurs necessarily lose something if they lose Kyle Anderson, uh that said, Popovich, you know, is I mean clearly seeing something that I'm not because Kyle Anderson's getting all of these minutes. Uh he's going to be on the playoff roster. Uh he's going to play in the playoffs. Uh for me, I just I feel like he loses on defense a bit, uh is a little bit too slow. But he was also on that, on that board. So, you know, GMs and coaches around the league are obviously are taking notice of Kyle Anderson, so good for him. But it was interesting that those two uh were on that board. Uh and from an organizational perspective, you know, that seems like that's a pretty insidious move to leak that photo or to, you know, tweet that photo out. It just seems ridiculous that somebody could have caught that or should have caught that, that it has, you know, off season plans behind it and, and uh, you know, force that to get deleted really quickly. Uh, so that gets us to the game tonight. As we jump around <laughs> on this roulette wheel, uh, the Spurs are playing Memphis. This could be a preview of their first round series. Uh, They've had mixed results against Memphis this year. First game, Kawhi doesn't play. Second game, and they lose. Second game, Kawhi plays, and they win. Um, You know, there's there's just this question of playing this game full strength because there's not much to prove. You're pretty much locked into that number two position. I guess if there's an epic collapse from Golden State, you could get that number 1 position. But you're not going to and and what's really the difference, right? There's not going to be a chance that you're going to drop to the number 3 position. If you're Memphis, you want this game because there's still some competition down there at the bottom uh, of of the Western Conference as far as the playoffs go. Uh, they're a number 7 seed. They they want to get to that number 6 seed and perhaps they can make it with a win. There was a rumor that Marcus wasn't going to play. Um, so, you know, what I see though is that Tony Allen is not going to play for Memphis, but Gasol and Jamichael Green are going to play, which I thought was really quite interesting. Uh, and I think that is going to drive what San Antonio does. With no Tony Allen, even though Kawhi Leonard is on the roster tonight, Popovich didn't declare him out. The only two players that he called out were Danny Green and no DeJounte Murray for this evening, which, um, you know, that's uh, clearly DeJounte Murray's hurting because this is just a prime game that you'd want to give a player like DeJounte Murray some minutes. Tony Allen, uh, him being out, should drive Kawhi Leonard to not play. Kawhi Leonard's playing a lot of minutes. He's leading the Spurs in scoring 26 points a game. Um, He's doing everything for San Antonio. He says he doesn't need some rest, but perhaps this is a game that you give him some rest. Uh, you know, Gasol playing, I think that means LaMarcus Aldridge is going to play. I th- certainly think that means Pau uh, Gasol is going to play. So it'd be interesting to see the matchup between those two. Um, it, it, This could be the first round for San Antonio. Memphis, in my mind, always gives San Antonio fits, but maybe I'm thinking that's the Memphis of old. This new Memphis is kind of all over the place. They still have that same kind of drag-it-out style, which is very much... Um, you know Spurs circa early 2000s that said uh, I still think that you want you don't want to tip your hand too much to Memphis obviously Popovich won't do that I also think this it with nothing to gain this is a a game that you you know if you lose it no big deal the benefit would be to get out of this healthy and to rest your players so again no Danny Green tonight we'll see what that what that does to the to the San Antonio uh, wing play and their wing defense, especially, uh, and, and no DeJounte Murray, as we've, as we've seen as of late. Um, let me see what else we want to get to here. Oh, uh, we're talking about the concept of rest with the Spurs locked in the number two seed. And it can't finish any worse than that. Kawhi Leonard says, I mean, well, the, the, the story is that people want the San Antonio Spurs to start resting players. Um, and that's kind, of, that's kind of Popovich's style, too. I mean, there's a history here of Pop. Once, once playoffs get locked in, Popovich kind of shuts it down. So that's why I suspect that that's going to be happening here as of late. I mean, they're three and a half games back of Golden State. They're not going to have that. I mean, it's not foreseeable that Golden State's going to lose, I don't know, three more times And San Antonio can make that up. It's just going to be too tough to make that happen. Kawhi says that, you know, there's not the big difference between one and two. To win in the playoffs, you still have to win on the road. So all that being said, uh, you know, Kawhi doesn't want to rest, but I think he's going to be forced to rest. I mean, look at the Houston Rockets. They're locked into their position, and they're making up injuries for folks. Like, James Harden had the flu. Man, it hadn't been flu season in months. So, you know, he didn't play his last game. Uh, you know. Oh, and by the way, James Harden's on the cover of the Texas Monthly, uh, this this uh, year or this month. Great article on on James Harden says that he wants to make an MP. He wants to stay with Houston forever. Wants to make his stamp on that city. And think about that for a second. Stamp on a city like Houston. You know, the only other guys that have done that probably from an NBA perspective are probably like um, Rudy T. Of course, Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, uh, and probably nobody else. And so, if you add James Harden to that mix, you could see that happening. You look at San Antonio, who's probably a, a parallel to that story. Um, you know, like if you think way back, is George Gervin? Did he did he make an imprint on San Antonio? I suspect that you would have a lot of people today who don't know who George Gervin is, uh, even though he's going to be coaching in the Big Three. So watch that uh, coming at you this summer. But I suspect that a lot of people don't know who George Gervin is. I suspect that if they saw him uh, in the airport or something, they'd say, "Oh man, that's a tall, tall old dude." Uh, but they wouldn't exactly know who he was. Some would, but but I, I think that that a lot of people would not. Um, David Robinson certainly made his impact on the on the uh, uh, on the city. One of the, you know the not the first star. I mean, that was clearly George Gervin, but uh, you know the big star. Uh, military guy still in the city. So I think that, you know, just like Olajuwon uh, with his mid-90s success, David Robinson with his late 90s early 2000s success has made an imprint on the city. And then of course there's Tim Duncan and we don't need to get into all of that. Uh, but I think the list is pretty small between those two cities uh, in in Texas. You really just have a handful of people that you can say have really impacted and put their stamp on the city. So it's a it's a great statement that that James Harden wants to do that. You know, I wonder if one day we're looking at Kawhi Leonard um that same way. So, uh I don't know how we got off on that tangent, but or I guess I got off on that tangent. Aren't you glad that you tuned in and listened to all this? The Spurs should be sitting players, uh in my opinion. There's nothing to gain here. You have an older team with guys like Pau Gasol, even key players like David Lee, uh, who play you know, situational basketball, uh, but are hustlers. And so I, I feel like those guys, you need to conserve some of that energy uh, for, for uh, you know, the playoffs. I, I think that you, you put everything in that first round of the playoffs so you can get out of that in four or five games. That said, you, you need to rest players this part of the season. I think that Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili could really benefit from some rest I think guys like Patty Mills, who, who just sat out, um, I think he could benefit from a little bit of additional rest. Literally with nothing to gain, the Spurs should be, should be shutting it down, should be toning it down a little bit. Um, although Kawhi Leonard comes out and says he doesn't want to. Another uh, story on the roulette wheel of topics, uh, Livio Jean-Charles, you guys remember him? That dude's been playing in Austin for a while. He's not playing in Austin anymore. He's been waived by the Spurs. Um, you know, he's rejoined his French team, uh, which Tony Parker owns. He's a 2013 pick by San Antonio. Never really worked out uh, in the NBA. Finally got waived. Goes goes back to France. You know, he says, you know, in an interview, he's certainly disappointed that it didn't work out in San Antonio. Uh, such as the such as the cycle of, of players, you know, some make it, we wish him well on his, on his journey for sure. But, uh, Livio John Charles is no longer under the, uh, the guidance of the Spurs. So let's, let's talk about the keys for the rest of the season. Uh, only a few games left. In my opinion, certainly it's get healthy. And we've talked about that a little, little bit here. Rest players, get healthy, get in playoff shape, uh, and then I'd like to see them get eight players deep, get a solid rotation. If you guys have been watching it like I have this year, you're kind of confused with the rotations. It's somewhat all over the map. There's a great article out there today um, with Project Spurs uh, you know, about rotations that work. And I think Paul Garcia's got some some data points on this. But the rotations that the Spurs have been utilizing have been all over the map, Um I'm fairly uncomfortable with that kind of style working in the playoffs. Now, that being said, these dudes have a, a nearly a 60-win season. So, you know, what the hell do I know? But when it comes to the playoffs and benches get shorter, I'd like the Spurs to have a nice eight-man rotation that we can always look to and count on, uh, if, not even, if not even just a seven-man rotation. I'd like to have them have a big lineup. I'd like to have them uh, have a small lineup and, uh, and get about eight deep. And just get mentally ready for the playoffs. So I think those are the three, uh, the three keys. I, I mean, that's nothing there that's too controversial. I'm sure a lot of people will agree uh, agree with that one. So, uh, and th- that all being said, and the fact that Jose bailed out on me for the evening. We're going to call it quits on uh, this episode of the Spurs cast. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs cast. Catch up with Jose and Lucha Underground at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Uh, Thank you for sticking with it. I know it's been brutal, uh, but you're welcome, guys. You are so very welcome. on my dresser, and yes and you know i got to get paid Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun Yeah, you get it